0: From a mental health perspective, as we've all on a much more world platform on many levels, have more currently gone through things that can make people go. What is the point? If none of this matters, if our lives don't matter, if health doesn't matter, if wealth doesn't matter, if all these things, what does it matter? Well, you have to choose. You have to make a decision that these things do matter for however long you're around. Welcome to the Camp VPN Censored Podcast, my 63rd episode dropping today. It's early December 2022. And this conversation is all about the life stories that are gifts that keep giving. And in the season of giving, I think it is so important to realize that all life stories are, are not only important to hear, but to really take in. Because it's where we can learn and teach one another how courage and empathy and compassion is really the catalyst to all of us coming and going through this world. So, take a seat, pull up a chair, grab that cannoli and coffee, and listen in on the 63rd episode of the Camp Fifi centered podcast. My gift from me to you. So, good morning, or afternoon, or evening, or wherever you are. My name is Felicia Linsky, and I am the creator and host of the Camp Fifi Uncensored podcast. And I have been producing, along with my two producers, my podcast for now, going on 14 months. And the reason why I chose to create this podcast was because I believe in conversations and connections with other human beings and sharing life experiences and stories that might inspire others and or find fascinating and or expand one's mind and simply have the opportunity to hear somebody else's story that you might relate to or that might just make you go, wait, I had no idea. So the reason why I chose not to have a guest this week and to do this podcast on my own was to tell you more about who I am and why I chose to do this podcast. So it was probably about now eight years ago that I had presented the opportunity to do this thing called a podcast when ironically, most people didn't even know what a podcast was. And I shared with my friend, Brad, who he and I always had a great stream of consciousness conversation. And I thought, wow, if I was a fly in the wall, I'd love to hear this conversation. So I presented this idea to him, him not even knowing what a podcast was. And like I said, I don't think it really was a very familiar word or much more familiar word um, until the last couple of years due to the pandemic around the world and a way of people staying connected and conversing about things that matter to them, whether it was specialty items and subjects or just strictly connection. So I presented this idea, we did a recording of ourselves and I went, oh no, 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 that's not gonna happen because I couldn't stand hearing my voice. And then years passed regarding working full-time in the film industry up to 80 hours a week and a mother having gone through multiple strokes and saving her life and moving her across country and continuing to maintain her health and well-being until she passed away two weeks before the pandemic in our country shut down. And I have continued to, through and over 30-plus years, been a professional makeup and hair artist in the film and television industry and have been everything from a department head to personal to what I say 30D. Or I also like to refer to as a pitch hitter, somebody that's always been able to show up with my business mind and my artistic mind and my want and desire and passion to tell story, be a part of creating uh, a way of of sharing ideas through emotions and imagery, which to me is the epitome of what filmmaking is. And I have made a career doing that. And what led me to that was this. I grew up as a little girl in the Midwest. I grew up in a mixed household, meaning at the time that my parents got together, it was not kosher to be a Roman Catholic Sicilian and a Russian Romanian Jew and get married in the late 50s and then proceed to build a family. I grew up in the fashion industry. One side was in fashion, one side was in real estate and politics. And both sides of my family grew up with very, very diligent, hard work ethic. And why? Because all of them were immigrants and all of them were not immigrants in the generations of my grandparents, but my great grandparents. And what I witnessed were people who knew how to and weren't scared to work hard. And through that dedication and commitment to family and ethics, were able to create for themselves and their families an ability for them to have a roof over their head and clothes on their back and food on their table and an education. And it was believed on all angles to do all those things, to be self-sufficient, to be successful, to be educated, to go out in the world and contribute and be charitable and raise other people up. And this has been a theme throughout my lifetime, consciously or unconsciously. And as a little girl, my name for one, as I would hear my parents say, we made sure that we gave you names that was an identity. Felicia for me has been an identity because Felicia meaning Felicidad, happiness, happy uh, child. I would love to think that I spread happiness. I would love to think that I put people into a place of ease and make them feel good. I know for many who have known me for many years, I think that there's a soft side to me and there's a very direct side to me. I think that over time, my directness and my maturity has definitely become uh, much more sharpened. The knife has become much more sharpened. And there's many reasons for those whys, Uh, not excuses, but more to that story about who I am and why I am who I am and what I'm so passionate about and why I, going back to this Camp VP Uncensored podcast, chose to do this platform. So I grew up as a child who was very curious and a little artist and a little performing artist, not in the way that, like, look at me, look at me, but in a way that my family identified my strengths. And my strengths were not only that I was smart, but that I loved art. I loved the arts. I loved dance. I loved music. I loved applied arts. So I was exposed and trained. And given the opportunities, very blessed, of course, that my parents were into those things and exposed us to those things. Mm -hmm. And because of those exposures, I got to tap into the things that lit me up and moved me emotionally. And it did range from live theater, live performances, to dance, to music, to actual classical art. And through that, I was given the opportunity to develop my skills. Um, I started at a very, very young age. I believe I was three or four when I started classical ballet. And I was considered the best little dancer And thankfully to my instructor, Miss Marguerite, at the time who spoke mostly in French, um, wanted to make sure she never hurt my hips because though I was so talented and she immediately wanted to put me on toe, she knew because I carried a little extra weight that she didn't wanna harm my body. And so very conscious and grateful to her. At the same time, I was being exposed to things like piano and then illustrating and painting and working with my hands with clay. And through all that developed my skills while also loving, loving reading, writing, mathematics, all those things, education, and was just, just ferocious for all of it. And because of it was developing my skills on all levels and was really, really, really fortunate, again, to be in a household that those things mattered while also witnessing three generations of grandparents and parents working hard, being around our family businesses, seeing our families at work, seeing our families break bread around the table. Very passionate, very Passionate and also having its own form of its, you know, hurt and upset. Um, My parents didn't have it easy being a mixed marriage at the time because everybody was not for that. And so I grew up in a household where there was a lot of it wasn't easy from a perspective of the emotions and you know, how one should have stayed with their own. And that was on both sides of the coin. And while that was existing, I was also being raised in a, in a decade of being a baby when John F. Kennedy, our president of the United States was killed and civil rights were happening and Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy were killed and Vietnam war was happening and women's rights weren't even in existence because it wasn't actually until the early seventies when people like my mother who wanted to go to law school, who was only two years old, younger than Ruth Bader Ginsburg went and was driven by my father to go to the University of Wisconsin-Madison and try to be accepted in law school after a four-year liberal arts degree and was told to go home and become a mother and wife. I say all these things reflectively, not to hear my story told or my family's story told, which, by the way, though, seems like it falls out of my mouth. Until the pandemic, I would never have shared this stuff more on a much more public platform. But I do this because our stories, all of our stories matter. All of our stories need to be heard because this is the fabric of who and where we come from. And with all the things on the world platform that are so destructive and so antiquated and so demonstrative and lacking truth. Truth is everything. And all we have are these bloodlines and these family histories and who we are is what makes what the world and how it it rolls. So yes, I grew up in a very interesting time where Women hadn't yet had the right to their bodies. Women and blacks had not had the rights to voting. Women and, and uh, didn't have the rights to write their to have their own checkbook or bank account or have their own mortgage or use, write their own name. Uh, let alone the jobs that they you know uh, barely could have. Um, I I I know that women worked throughout, but but there was just this very pinnacle pivotal time that I think. I know in the generations that I was coming up with that I believe that sharing history was much more prevalent in the household because of the demographics of multi-generational households and so therefore those stories were told whether people had survived the Holocaust or they had survived coming across the boat from wherever they came from or how they were treated when they landed past Ellis Island and where in the United States they settled and how they either aligned with people that came from the same parts of the country or how they expanded because being an American was something that they strove to be. It was a land of plenty for many, menta- many's mentality and opportunity and and therefore not even speaking your native language was something that was... Uh, you know you were you were setting out to start a new life for the greater the greater good of your family and your family legacy so i grew up around passionately educated people who wanted better for all and going forward and to have legacies go forth so my story started out that way third generation fashion growing up in real estate politics growing up around a lot of passionate family, uh, people who cooked for us, meaning my grandparents and my parents, uh, food was a big like, it didn't matter if you were happy or you were sad, you broke bread. And um, as life went on and the early seventies came about, something very similar to what is happening now with inflation and economics and all the things and recession was happening. And it deeply was affecting my family's business. And between it being deeply affecting my family's business and my parents' relationship, after 20 years of marriage and us being young kids, my parents chose to divorce. And I thankfully was away traveling uh, as a 14, 15 year old, 14 year old rather, um, in the Appalachian trails down in Georgia, because I had at that point become somebody who was really attached to nature. And it was a saving grace for me Uh, when my when I got back from this spring break trip as a young kid. Did my parents have their divorce finalized? Four months later, we lost all of our clothing stores. And one month to the day, my father passed away at age 47, leaving my mother, uh, a public school teacher, making $8,000 a year with three kids age 11, now 15 and 19. Why do I share that? As I've shared with many, is because single moms hardworking single moms, uh, the unknown, the reason why I'm so lit up when it comes to helping people, women, children, because we never know when things can happen. And I lived it at such a young age that that story never changes. It's just, you put different names in different places into that fold and it all, we all share this similar stories. So again, going back to why I believe in this platform and sharing people's stories is because our stories are all interconnected. So that is how I, as a little girl, young girl was formulated. Now what that inevitably did unconsciously consciously was I'm sure made me say even after being an award winning artist by age 11 on a national platform first cellist a student talented in anything I put my mind to I really don't really think I put it together at the time but I think I pretty much made the decision of what does it all matter if all this can go away and I think that from a mental health perspective, as we've all on a much more world platform on many levels have more currently gone through things that can make people go, what is the point? If none of this matters, if our lives don't matter, if health doesn't matter, if wealth doesn't matter, if all these things, what does it matter? Well, you have to choose. You have to make a decision that these things do matter. For however long you're around, and what matters is how you leave people feeling, how you inspire people. Yes, it matters if you can keep a roof over your head and roof and food on your table and clothes on your back. What matters is how we treat one another, not by hatred, not by not by demonstrating destruction, not by judgment, but by how we care and love and are empathetic and compassionate. And how the ego has no room for any of this and false narrative has no room for any of this. And I know as a young girl, when I was coming into these moments of realization, None of my peers' parents were divorced. None parents had died. No parents that I know of were suffering economically, or had had family businesses that had been lost. I mean, overnight, my mother was my hero because I really don't know how she kept the roof over our head. I don't know how she kept her sanity. I don't know how she raised three kids without them all getting in trouble, and yet seeking and getting a higher education. And though that never went perfectly in regards to like how we all dealt with each other, we still got from one side of the river to the next. And we were able through those life tools to be able to go forth and have more strength and have more fortitude, and have more of a vision of, we can get back up, and we can keep going, and it may take time, but it, but we're capable, and through that, I know that I had these ebb and flows of having confidence, and not having confidence, and having vision, and questioning my vision, and believing, and being scared, and and having great accomplishment and great joy and having so much like, I don't even know how I'm gonna like, even make my foot path on this thing called life. And through the university level after making some vast choices in high school where I told my mom after all these life events occurred that going from a freshman class president and all these other things successful, that if I didn't get out of my hometown, I would possibly never make it to college. And thank God my mother, I mean, honestly, I don't even know how she could have carved another second out of her life existence at the time, figured out how to help me figure that out. And because of it, was able to go away and get financial aid and get an education and and formulate some lifelong friendships that though I have lifelong friendships from my childhood, this was like opening a whole other chapter. And it wasn't, it was like layered, it was like a layered cake because I also had summer camp friends. But because of the time, unlike today where technology can keep you connected or expand your connections We didn't have those opportunities. Yes, we had telephones and yes, we could write letters, but these people were all over and they weren't just down the street in the cul-de-sac. My opportunities and my communities that I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to have expansion were not people that you naturally were staying in touch with if you weren't like living down the hallway or under the same roof of the cabin or what have you. So through college, when I got into college, my degrees, my focus was pre-med and fine arts. And because I had very strong interests in both, and I started down that pathway with all of that. And the truth is, is that with very little guidance, and, and this is not towards my mom, just in general, with very little guidance, I did not understand the kind of Potential debt I was going to get into from school and how that was going to be holding me and my decisions going down the line. And in addition to all of that, I was also fascinated by film and photography. I was fascinated by theater. I did theater. I performed in theater. I love theater. Everything I went out for, though extremely shy, though that may seem alarming to some of you. Um, always seem to land a very important role, be it lead or an integral lead role. Again, dreaming big, wanting for all that, never knowing when it happened, pinch me moments, always scared, always nervous, never feeling good enough, yet wanting to be better than the best. Um, And with that said, Getting through my higher education and still trying to figure it out. And at the end of the day, having to drop my prima because I couldn't afford it. Uh, the film and the photography and wanting to be a female director, I mean, my God like at the time that I was going through school, women were definitely not being allowed to direct, even if you were the visionary of all visionaries and the communicator of all communicators and the idea person of all idea people. Um, It just wasn't happening. And that doesn't mean it wasn't impossible. It just means that by the time I got out of all my education and I had all these loans to pay back and I had to figure it out, I ended up, of all things, going to beauty school. And of course, that was really shocking to my family. But I was fortunate enough in some organic sort of way in my latter years of college to have some random guys that I went to school with ask me if I could cut their hair. And from that, it was an extension of my illustrating, painting, sculpting, developing, creating. And because I had grown up in salons with people who were super, super talented, and there were always really, really positive energies around me. It seemed like a very positive outlook to, to or an opportunity to go forth. So I went after college and I went and got license. And I did do platform work. And I was the white girl on the Black Hair Olympic team. And I was just rubbing two sticks together to figure it out. And literally from there, getting my first place in Chicago through window treatments and selling shoes and working for the Clooney Corporation and doing things that literally was making me pittance of money. There was nobody there to like wipe my ass. It was wipe it or figure it out or, 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 or don't. But nobody was there to, with, with a, a safety net like many kids today, but you had to figure it out. And you had to do whatever it took. And I'm not saying I did it well. Matter of fact, I didn't do it initially well. I did it in a very, probably at that point, scarcity mindset and a scared kid. Because it was just like, Jesus, how can somebody was potentially so much going on for themselves? And the world, technically, they were raised around you know, just not have the red carpet rolled out. And I didn't mean like I expected that. I mean, because from a perspective of, it wasn't like I came uh, up through uh, uh, any others. I mean, I didn't suffer. I just grew up a lot. And I grew up in a way that a lot of my peers did not grow up. But yes, we always had a roof over our head. And yes, we always had clothes on our back. And yes, we always had a great education. So, and I had a great networks of people around us. But those networks weren't always really stable in my life. And I never understood and knew the power of the network, even though I've always been extremely loyal and extremely uh, dedicated and dedicated to helping many and doing my best to inspire or share, again, my story from a perspective of if I can do it, so can you. So when I got through all of this and I started developing myself in a career, it was not easy. I mean, I literally bartered my talents and people today just imagine like they're just supposed to be gifted hundreds and thousands of dollars. I mean, I'm an Instagram influencer. Shouldn't I like get something? Well, Hey man, like if you can, great, amazing, amazing. Uh, does that make you professional or does that? I listen, who knows? I mean, if you've got what somebody wants, who am I to say what I know in my story. And at the time I was coming up, And working on building a portfolio and working on getting an agent and working on getting established as an artist and being a freelancer so there were no guarantees and having to get up and keep giving away my services to build and build and build and try and try and learn and learn and refine. That was never once handed to me. I didn't have a daddy or a mommy who were connected to anybody. I didn't have any guarantees. Most of us didn't. I didn't have any godfathers or godmothers who brought me under their wing. It literally was one foot in front of the other. And when people reach out to me, like people who have children or kids that they know who want to go into the industry that I've had the pleasure of being a part of, I let them know straight up that like this, this has not been a career that you know, I, I may have made it look good and I have um, definitely been very, very, very fortunate. Um, and there's been a lot of struggle through all of that. And, um, but that doesn't, it's not something I lean into. It's just part of what this business can be about. And when I developed my career early on, it was all back in the Midwest it was back in Chicago. And in the Midwest, of doing everything from fashion editorial to commercials to independent filmmaking and heading things up, and being one of a few women only a few women on a set. I'm very much in a boys' club and very much thankful that I knew how to ebb and flow with men because I've been raised around men as well as women. I knew how to carry myself, I knew how to carry myself in a way that. I could be respected in the sense of getting the job done. Um, Though I was young and I know that, you know, there were moments when that might've been challenged, whether it was age or looks or what have you. I got married um, at a young age, young meaning under the age of 30, having my own photo studio with the first person I was married to, eventually getting the opportunity to move out to L.A., where proceeded to do so in the early 90s, where I proceeded to reside since. And from that perspective, have continued to develop this professional career as a makeup and hair artist, doing everything from movies to television series to being a personal to many people that people know readily when the names are mentioned and also being somebody who's taking great pride at being a person who loves being a storyteller from a perspective of visually and transformation and the art of communication and taking all the things that I've been so blessed with in all my life from the fine arts to the fashion and music and imagery and people that I've watched and people that I've heard and things that have influenced me musically and the emotions that come up for me and the things that like light me up, I've said this before, is why I'm so continually passionate about sharing, sharing, sharing. And through all that, the integral part of how this world works and how things repeat. And so as I've listened to so many of my guests tell their story, what's influenced and what's inspired them, I felt it was really important to tell my story with this coming up on this month of giving and this month of sharing and the what's important and the why and what I believe in. Because over the last few years, I've studied how do we integrate with one another? How do we raise each other up? These are very repetitive terminologies or phrases that I use. Why? Because we don't do it alone. We don't do anything in life alone. We didn't come in here on our own. I can't say whether we're going in or out on our own but the fact is is that we we affect one another positively or negatively and we get to make choices are we going to show up winning or are we going to show up losing and hurting i'm here to win i'm here to help others win i'm here to tell people that no matter what things you get faced with in life they You can be here and make choices to win by getting up and doing better, by getting up and not being stopped. I'm a living example of that. See, after my first marriage, I unfortunately, um, you know, walked away, not unfortunately, I, I, I chose to walk away from that for reasons that I chose and ended up walking into a violent alcoholic person's life who I'm lucky to be here, who I survived um, through the hands of domestic violence. I say that because it was so long ago. And I know to this day, it's classic. People who met me back then, still I think envision me in that terminology. And I just wanna go, fuck you. Like what? You cannot be serious. Like that was so long ago. What I can tell you through that, though, is it wisens you up. It shows you. It teaches you. It gives you a gift from a reason, not because I would want anybody to go through that, but for the reasons being that I learned who a narcissist was. I learned what sociopathic behavior was. I learned what addiction was. I learned how to smell that miles away, whether in business or personal or what have you. I learned how to get way beyond the survival mechanisms and really get back up and really take charge because nobody was there for me. My family didn't live down the street. I had three dogs. No shelter would take us. I literally had to fight for my life and I did. And I was really, really lucky that God knows, I mean, I would like to think that And I was told that, you know, it could have been spirits that, that, that protected me. And I had to also learn how to fight mentally, physically, and what have you. And do I, do I thrive on telling people that? No, but it was a choice. It was a choice to live. It was a choice to not be taken out. It was a choice not to be taken out by some sickness that I am not here to, to be a part of see, I think that we create, um, you know, these lives that we have. And I think some people can be like, oh, you know, yeah, that person's going to go through suffering that. No, 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 no. See, no one is better. No one is different. No one. uh, Yes, everybody is, is given a different like who they're born into, and where they're born and all those things. I'd like to think that we're all here to succeed, whatever that means. Like I, It's a relative perspective for everybody, but I don't believe that anybody is here. I mean, let's face it. If you are creating and growing a baby inside of you right now, do you not wish for them to have the best of opportunities and that you are going to provide whatever that means, starting with your love for them and and watering that little baby flower to give it the best opportunities to thrive? Well, I think that that is true for all of us. With that said, you know, I think that people go through things, good, bad, or indifferent. Some people only live a country club life. Other people live a dirt floor existence. Does that make for one being better than the next? It's not for me to say. I think that some people who've lived a dirt floor existence might have it better than those who have lived a country club life because their love and their gratitude might be more enriched, might be more full. Everybody, everybody has a different story. The bottom line is you can't take it with you. So you might've made billions and billions of dollars or are about to. And that is a powerful thing to do. And and that is nothing, you know, like, look, I have great respect for the Warren Buffett's of the world and what have you. Um, It's what we do with that. Right, it's it's how we impact others that that is not to say that just because you make billions, you got to do something with it. But one hopes, one hopes that they use it for powerful uh, ways that 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 help many. Um, and with that said, one also hopes that one's life, who has created less than a billion, a million, a hundred thousand, ten thousand, two dollars is as much valued because this is life. We're all made up of the same thing. I, I, I know it's a tangent, but it's meant to say this, that when your life is challenged and being alive, these kinds of philosophical beliefs come into play, potentially, certainly for myself certainly being faced with death at a very young age with my father you definitely come into those realities that maybe your peers don't and you're having these thought processes and then when your life is challenged through somebody else's hand that becomes a process and you again see how yourself you get up and i got back up i lost three babies through pregnancies that didn't get through go through I, I, In the sense of, you know, because I had rights at the time to do things and make decisions, uh, painful as they may have been, I got back up, I thrived, I won awards, I went on with my life, I met the love of my life, I've created a love of that life, with that life, and that human being we've created something that we've worked very hard for and and it's not even about what we work for so much as excuse the dogs in the background creating babies like that and creating um you know um a way of showing people what is possible uh you know again it's like i said history repeating itself you know i'm in a mixed relationship and um It's not so much about my relationship as to say rights that people have, you know, gay rights, interracial rights, women's rights, political rights. Well, Can you believe that we're still having these conversations? I mean, I can only imagine the 80, 90 and 100 year olds and above who have been passing away over the last few years who are mind blowing because they cannot believe that in some cases, especially like women's rights or voting rights or what have you, depending upon where you live of like what's been attempted to, to be altered or affected, that we're having these conversations still today. And, and the fact that, that we as women in general are having conversations about where we stand in the world. And, you know, I say to people like, You know, like it or not, culturally speaking, in most of the world, we women are looked upon as second-class citizens. This is not a popular conversation, but it's a true statement. It's a statement because this is culturally what exists in most of the world. Our backyard is a very small blip comparatively. This is why so many people try to come to countries like this to have freedom, so to speak. But if we're not paying attention, there are things that you know can be affected. And if we're not paying attention as, as things have been going on, this is exactly what I'm talking about. As a woman, as a woman who's seen life, who survived from death from my parent as a child to domestic violence, to surviving thyroid cancer, to being a winner, award-winning person to, you know, having things where, you know, it's been not always just simply handed, but created, seeing decades of politics, seeing decades of of everything from Holocaust movies as a little girl, to wars, to, um, you know, protests, to, People believing or not believing or thinking that they know what's better or, you know, thinking that they are better. Um, I'm here to say <laughs> life is fucking precious. It is not given. It is a miracle. It is a miracle if you can even be here present, speaking, breathing, connecting, letting people know how they matter, what matters. And it's very interesting to me because through the pandemic, after losing my mom, after, you know, as as I'm in a career where jobs are constantly shifting, seeing how the evolution of people come and go and, and studying with people who are teaching many philosophies from real estate and 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 coming together and how you raise each other up in business and how the many platforms exist on the planet, of how you connect with people, and how I've seen the benefits of all those things and transformation, not only in business, but personally, how I've taken charge of that and I see as I've listened to mentors and coaches, how there's seasons. Well, of course we both are all know that there's seasons, but seasons for people coming and going in your life. And it's always very interesting to me to see who's present and who's not to see who thinks that they are better than, and I just sit back and go, good for you. Good for you that you feel that way because that never lasts. Um, I don't wish ill on anybody. I love people too much to do that. I also know that life has a really interesting way of showing us different things, teaching us different things, growing us in certain ways, expanding us in certain ways, connecting us in ways. And I know that every person that comes into our lives is here for a reason, as a reflection, as a teacher, as a student, as a connector, as our network. And I believe that life is a treasure, like it is a treasure. And um, you never know once you get that block unlocked, what treasures you're going to have revealed. I don't have all the answers. What I know is why I do this platform is to connect people, to share with people, to inspire with people, to tell stories that might be relatable or might be wow. As Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, and all the things are around the corner since this is the beginning of December, and another year is wrapping up within this month, I reflect on the things that matter. And I know that, um, I've reflected on things that over the years, I would be like, wow, if I had had kids, how old would they be? And they'd be anywhere from 12 to 28 years old. And I say that because, you know, I know how much life is precious. I know how much life is a miracle. I know that Thankfully, because I had rights to make decisions that due to health or safety, I had to or we had to make decisions. Um, I do believe that as one continues to make decisions for one's own health and wealth, um, I believe that. It's really important for us to communicate. It's really important for us to advocate. It's really important for us to show each other why that taking the time to take notice, to be present, to love on thyself as well as love on others is is our greatest gifts, is You know, all the gift giving that we can give, the gift that we can give to one another is love and patience and respect (laughs) and a few paws and a few barks and meows and um, that we can be gracious to one another. This platform is because I love people. For me, this platform is about connecting For me, this platform is about the little girl who is always curious about having great conversations with others. And this platform for me is about not only being like the camp counselor that I love being or the mother spirit that I feel I am or the loving friend or wife or sister or daughter, but being a spirit and a guide that makes a difference. And until I make those billions and billions of dollars to leave behind for the betterment of others, I want to help women. I want to help children. I want to help men. I want to help humanity, because I believe that our stories matter and we need to listen and we need to take the time to listen. Is my story any different than anybody else's? Not really. My story is just a story. But it's a story of how no matter what one's been faced with, one keeps getting up. And it's a story of life isn't a straight path. It's like a river flowing. And you've got to imagine it being balanced in its own tundra and that there are no dry moments and that all things in nature are living harmoniously and that your life is like that. And that might sound really lululala, but visualizing what life's manifesting capabilities and wants are for greatness is, is just doing that, putting it out there into the world, speaking it into existence. My part of speaking into existence is I, I love being a leader, but when I say I love being a leader, it's from the heart. It's from a place of, if I can do it, so can you. I have won in many ways and I look forward to winning in many other ways because when I win, a lot of people win. When I win, I get to bring a lot of people along. When I win in business, I get other people's ability to shine When I win in my health and my wealth, I get to inspire others to do the same. When I keep getting up, I, I get to share with people how they too can as well. It all starts with the mind. It all starts with one's heart. It all starts with making a decision. It all starts with opening up and telling your story because when you tell your story and you're willing to be vulnerable, you can help somebody else to do the same to help another. That's all we are for one another. That's why I say we are each other's greatest bank account. We are the greatest source and the greatest resource to inspire one another to say, hey, you two, I get you. I got you. I love you. I wish the best for you. I'm here for you. You are great. And you are here for greatness and I am here to celebrate you and I am here to hear you and I hear you. I am listening. I love you. You are loved. So on that note, I send my very best to all of you. I love you. This is December 2022, the month of giving the month of sharing, the month of connecting, the month of celebrating joy and happiness and health and wealth and abundance. May we all be blessed with all of that and more. I'm here for you. Wishing everybody the opportunity to listen to each other. Wishing everybody the opportunity to know that your life story matters wishing everybody the opportunity to embrace this holiday season and one another because what we have for each other is fleeting and full and is only about love. So sharing and gifting your love and your love for helping others is really key. And your life story is just that, a gift that somebody else needs to hear. So let's keep sharing. Much love, and bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Camp Fifi Uncensored podcast, where the stories are vast because the spirit is young and the soul is wise, and we only talk about everything here from soup to nuts, or what I like to say from cannolis to egg in the holes, and don't forget the s'mores. Much love. Happy Holidays.